Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahoman's Oklahoma State Athletics Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh. We are coming to you post-game following Oklahoma State's three-point loss to Iowa State in Ames, Iowa at Jack Trice Stadium. A, uh, a frustrating one for Oklahoma State folks. A uh, lot to get to on the podcast here. A lot to talk about from this game. A very interesting game. Very uh, entertaining game. Uh, lots of uh, lots of lots of swings and and uh, and punches landed and uh, and really a, a, an entertaining ball game. Uh, even if you uh, weren't too fired up about the ending, so uh, we'll uh, we'll jump in with uh, we'll kind of start at the end and, uh, and then work our way out to uh, to some of the other important. Uh, We're important skipping to the ending of the book, right? Exactly. It's a choose your own adventure here. <laughs> But um, there were a lot of crucial fourth down decisions and plays in this game. And uh, the majority of them went Iowa State's way, uh, unfortunately, for the Cowboys. The, uh, the last one being the most important, uh, at least, or at least the one that, uh, that sticks out the most. Might not have been the most important, but certainly sticks out at the end of the game when Oklahoma State goes for it on fourth and two, obviously had to go for it because they were down at a field goal and, uh, and trying to drive. But uh, go for it at fourth and two at the Iowa State 42, and they gained a yard and uh, 33 inches. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I think he had it. You just couldn't have enough information to overturn it, to be honest. Yeah, replay certainly looked like there was a, uh, a good lift from Danny Godlevsky. Uh, kind of grabbing him and turning him and uh, and pushing him forward, uh, Brennan Presley that is on the uh, on the, the the quick out, the, the, not a quick out, but a, the quick flat pass that they threw to Presley. Uh, Casey Dunn said he thought that uh, thought they were going to gain three yards on that play. He thought that was a three yard play, and uh, turns out it was just uh, just a little short of that. Um, you know, obviously. If they make it, Oklahoma State still has to go down, and uh, they've still got 40 yards to go to try and score. But um, you know, it's uh, it's a it's a, at least a chance at that point. So, would have been interesting to see what could happen if they had uh, had made that fourth down opportunity. But uh, but Iowa State comes up with the, with the big play in the end, and that was uh, you know uh, I don't know how many coaches that we talked to after the game that said it they uh, that Iowa State just made one more play than Oklahoma State did yeah I, I thought it was interesting too they came down to the inches right and Oklahoma State's talked about all year about defending an inch right and they nearly did early in the game on a goal line yes scenario but ultimately this I don't think this was the game the defense faltered necessarily but late they had that big drive against them and it came down to inches and you know i just i go back to that a little bit more but i thought that i thought they had the first down there and i would have been interested to see what happens next right with the clock ticking and i thought spencer sanders was playing well and was making some smart decisions on that drive and so um you know it's just it's two teams that are pretty similar and the same that uh battled it out i had a lot of fun yeah 
yeah, it was good. Spencer Sanders, you mentioned, uh, did have a, uh, a a really solid day. I thought through uh, three touchdown passes in all, two really big ones. Uh, one to uh, one one of which went to Brandon Presley, his second of the day, on a uh, on a, a long strike that uh, that, that uh, Presley went up and got it over a couple of defenders. Size is deceptive. Is that what he said? That is exactly what he said. Size is deceptive. Casey Dunn said you should see his calves. <laughs> um, he got up. He did. He absolutely did. He went up and got that one. High pointed it, as they say, and uh, and 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 pulled it in for a, a very important touchdown in the first half. And then Tay Martin with the uh, the uh, the toe drag swag. Yeah. On uh, on that last uh, last touchdown for Oklahoma State. My favorite part of that still is him going back and slapping where he drug his toes, <laughs> yeah. and to say, "No, this is where I drug my toes." Uh, that was pretty, uh, pretty salty. That was, that was, uh, that was nice. Uh, but a, a nice catch from him there. Two hundred twenty-five yards for Spencer Sanders. Fifteen of twenty-four passing. Did not throw a pick. Um, you know, if you had told me he had that kind of a day, I, I would have told you that Oklahoma State probably wins the game, but. On the other side, Brock Purdy had an even better performance, 27 of 33, 307 yards and two touchdowns, and uh, a couple of big plays that set up the uh, the last touchdown by Brees Hall, uh, who, uh, what was it, 19 straight games now he scored a yeah. touchdown? Yeah, he big, can't big keep it out of the end zone. So um, really impressive, impressive for him. I was really impressed with Purdy in this one. Yeah, he played. Uh, he played pretty well. Hey, there you go, there you go. Uh, I think what was uh, one of our headlines, Justin? Think maybe from Jenny on her predictions was pretty good or something. Yes. I think uh, I might have threw a pretty pun out there a year or two ago too. But uh, he just had a rhythm, and it, it, I wish you couldn't knock him out of it. No, and they couldn't get enough pressure on him they flush him out but he'd still make plays i go back to one of those plays on that last drive they scored on was he looked like he was in trouble had nowhere to throw and he looked away just enough to draw brock martin forward and right. he threw the pass over brock to Brees hall who turned into like that 33 yard reception or something i think and that was a huge play just to draw brock martin just enough to free Brees hall because brock had bryce had Brees covered yeah he did yeah, he was uh, he was in coverage, and it looked like like Purdy was taken off, and uh, like I said, just enough to open a crease where he could throw the ball through there. Uh, so a really impressive day from him. Uh, Brees Hall, uh, aside from continuing his touchdown streak, not an not an incredibly productive day. Twenty one carries, seventy yards, uh, nothing uh, nothing crazy for him. Uh, the Oklahoma State defense did a really good job of containing the run game. The Iowa State defense did a good job containing the run game. They held mm-hmm. uh, Jalen Warren short of 100 yards, and nobody since uh, nobody since Tulsa <laughs> and yeah. uh, and Mike Gundy uh, have been <laughs> able to do that at this point in the season. So the better defense for Jalen Warren, Mike Gundy or Iowa State? Right. <laughs> um, the Cyclones were uh, were were solid in their run defense today. It uh, started out looked like uh, looked like Warren was going to be able to break free a little bit, and then uh, they closed up the holes uh, as the day wore on. It seemed to uh, to go downhill from uh, from that fast start that they had. So uh, we'll get back to some of the other uh, some of the other fourth down plays 
that were uh, that were crucial. Two big ones for Oklahoma State: a fourth and two, and a fourth and about half a yard. Uh, both of which Oklahoma State were in Iowa State territory, and both times Mike Gundy chose to kick field goals uh, or attempt field goals anyway. Missed both of them: a 50-yarder and a uh, and a 32-yarder. Um, your thoughts, Jacob, on uh, on the decision to uh, to kick the field goals there? <sighs> um, I'm always like to gamble a little bit, but I get the fourth and two. You kick the 50-yarder. Yeah. I, I I don't fault that one as much. Um, they weren't moving the ball as well then. Right. It was a little bit uh, – the offense hadn't really clicked into gear at that point. Yeah. Um, and then you try back out for the for the, what, 32-yarder, right? And, right. And uh, on the fourth and a half. That one I think I lean towards going for a little bit more, but I also I get Mike's explanation that – you want to take the lead on the road, right? Um, it's hard to fault that. Yeah, to take it is. The points. It is, and uh, and the run game was was being stifled a little bit more at that point in the game. Uh, it would have been uh, would have been a little bit tough to uh, to get that half a yard with a uh, a straight run play. Um, you know, it's uh, it's a, a tough situation, but tricky to know what to do there. And um, you know the offense wasn't great in uh, in short yardage situations uh, across the board on Saturday, so it was really tough to know what to do. And Tanner Brown, I mean, I know we've had a short sample with him, a small, very small sample size. He'd been consistent for the short ones. Yeah, yeah, he had been uh, he had been reliable. Uh, he hit a thirty nine yarder and a twenty nine yarder. Um, just misses the uh, the 32 yarder that uh, that could have could have changed the complexion of the game at that point, you know, because uh, he misses that and Iowa State goes right down and gets a field goal of their own. So could have uh, could have been a different looking ball game had uh, had that one gone through. Very interesting to to think about what uh, what might have been in that scenario. But uh, but in the end, it uh, it didn't work out and. And, uh, you know, Mike Gundy said that driving down late in the game that he would have been comfortable with uh, with trying another uh, another field goal up to 50 yards. Oof. That would have uh, that would have been a little bit nerve wracking for uh, for Cowboy fans, I think. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's that's a lot on Tanner Brown. after yeah. Missing two field goals. Yeah, it is. I got the sense that. They weren't going to settle for a field goal. I felt like they were going to go try to win that game. Even if they got got closer, got in range, they got a fourth and short again. I got this. I kind of feel like they might have tried to go for it. It would have been interesting to see how they handled that with a uh, a, a kicker who hasn't uh, hasn't done a lot of kicking. I mean, you pointed out point this out last week, but he didn't even kick field goals last year at UNLV. Yeah. And they're putting all kinds of pressure on this guy to yeah, kick field they goals are. now. And these are uh, every point is big. In uh, in games for this team right now, the way that uh, the way that they play, so uh, a really interesting day for uh, for the uh, uh, for the kicker. So I don't want to create a kicking controversy because, well, I mean, it's kicking controversy. But is Alex Hale still going to the driving range? As Gundy would say, that's a good question. Good question. I'm curious to know how. Um, 
how far along he is in his progress in terms of working through his mechanical issues that he was dealing with earlier in the season. You know, he was such a reliable kicker last season before mm-hmm. he got injured. You'd uh, you'd be it's curious to know how things are going with him. So, might have to be something we uh, we have to check in on later in the week. Um, overall, Here's another issue too. Mm-hmm. Tanner Brown missed that field goal in the third quarter. Oshu again did not score in the third quarter. That's exactly right. I don't understand it. It's uh, it's a uh, a bizarre bizarre thing that we've seen with this uh, with this team all season. Uh, outside of his uh, his one field goal that he kicked against Texas last week, no points in the third quarter for the season. Three points in uh, seven third quarters. It's remarkable. Like I, I just I don't know how to describe it. Like it's, and I asked Mike about it after the game, and he didn't really have an answer. No, he didn't. He and, knew. and then I think I even turned to you in the middle of the game. Their first possession, out of halftime, they get the ball. They've already taken the lead into half. They get they get the ball and immediately just three runs with Jalen Warren. Right. And they punt. Yeah. And a couple weeks ago, Mike talked to us about the intricacies of of scripting the first however many plays to start each the game right. and the half. And I thought that's what you script, <laughs> right? So I I don't know what's going on in the third quarter. It's it's really pretty amazing to to see how this team. Obviously, there have been two games when they've been completely shut out in the entire second half, uh, but no points in the third quarter coming out of uh, coming out of halftime is uh, is pretty amazing. So um, looking at the uh, the defense as a whole, we talked about Brock Purdy and his success. Talk about the defense's success slowing down Brees Hall. I really think the biggest thing. I think there are two things that uh, that that I took from our conversation with Jim Knowles and the defensive players. Uh, one was they lost some one-on-one matchups in uh, in in the particularly in the receiver DB mm-hmm. uh, matchup situation. Uh, with uh, with Xavier Hutchinson and the uh, being the the primary uh, thorn in Oklahoma State's side, he, he had 12 catches for 125 and two touchdowns. Really impressive day for him. He had some uh, some tough plays, some uh, some really impressive plays. He uh, had a touchdown taken away from him <laughs> on uh, a really bizarre unsportsmanlike conduct call where. As far as I could tell, he uh, he took one high step. <laughs> he yeah he that was such a terrible call. That was bizarre. It almost you know like you almost the ball doesn't lie right, and he got the touchdown a couple couple plays later, maybe he a did. play later, and that's just there was some vindication there because that was that was a terrible call. That was uh, it was incredibly weak. I thought. To uh, to to flag him like that. I mean, on the replay, it looked like he looked. He turned around, saw no one was nearby, and kind of started to think about high stepping. Right. Did it half like half hearted, and then kind of walked in the end zone. Yes. And got flagged for it, and I thought, yes. what are we doing here? So I, I I don't know, but I thought he looked like an NFL type receiver today. He did. He looked like a pro today. And he played they didn't really have well. An answer for him. No, they didn't, and um, you know there was a lot of rotating of the of the DBs trying to find an answer, and um, 
you know, Jarek Bernard Converse had his struggles. They had uh, they had some pass interference penalties. Just um, a lot of things that went against them in the secondary. Uh, the second factor I think that really hurt the defense was their uh, their inability to get really good pass rush in the second half. They uh, they I felt like they were uh, they were getting there and causing trouble in the first half. Uh, second half, even when they flushed Purdy from the pocket, he seemed to make plays. So it was uh, it was one of those days where they just uh, they just in the second half anyway. They just couldn't get to him and, and get him down, and or uh, or cause errant throws, or uh, or make him make bad decisions. You know, no takeaways for the defense today. No takeaways on either side. Uh, but Purdy is a guy that uh, you know once he got in that rhythm, it was uh, it was a little bit of a uh, little bit of a trouble for Oklahoma State because he was uh, he was really. Uh, really cruising along and they just couldn't find a way to uh, to kind of knock him out of stride which is something we haven't really seen from them this year right exactly or anybody they've they've made quarterbacks life pretty miserable for the most part mm-hmm. um you know i wondered at one point when brock was throwing during a timeout if he was kind of banged up and i don't think he was he's throwing other other timeouts too yeah and that's what he does maybe so maybe that's a normal thing for him um yeah, they just didn't – that first – it felt like the reverse of Texas last week. Like, you know, they had their struggles at the first half a little bit defensively at times right. and then shut them down. And then this week it felt like they came out on fire defensively and then kind of got – I don't want to say beat up, but they just kind of just had some holes in the second half that, right. that they couldn't overcome. And it just felt like a reverse of that. that it just was – we hadn't seen the defense struggle in the second half all year. It was kind of different. Yeah, yeah, it really was. It was, uh, you know, you knew that keeping up this uh, this ability to always make the play was was going to catch up with them. The law of averages was going to catch up. Uh, you know, it was. It's not like they just they just collapsed today, but they were unable to make all the plays and that's just uh that's just gonna happen sometimes that's just there's no real answer for it there were some dents in the armor at the end after this game for them there was some definitely some big body blows they took um but you know i think it's a good uh i think it's good motivation for them i think yeah absolutely and um you know, looking ahead to next week, they've got uh, they've got homecoming. They've got Kansas coming in for that. Um, you know, that's a uh, a good situation to get yourself uh, get your mind right and uh, get healthy and and uh, and all of those things get uh, get things back on track for a fun. Um, you know, you hope an easy uh, win over uh, over a Kansas team that played. Oklahoma much better than I ever would have expected today. So yeah, here's here's a fun one. We asked this question about Texas about their loss to OU. Does it help or hurt OSU? Does Kansas the way they played today help or hurt OSU next week? <laughs> that's uh, that's a good question. It's an interesting uh, interesting team the way that, that they played today. You know, we watched or listened to just about all of that game 
in the lead up to the Oklahoma State game, and Kansas was uh, was making plays. They had long, extended drives, and obviously, you don't expect them to do that against an Oklahoma State defense. But um, and they'll be on the road next week, obviously, too. Right, exactly. I kind of don't think it matters, but it's a fun question. Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. So here's here's another thing. We got I, people are going to want to know this that are listening. I think. What does this do for OSU's Big Twelve title chances moving forward, Scott? Well, it's uh, it's complex. Obviously, Iowa State has the uh, the tiebreaker, the head-to-head tiebreaker advantage over Oklahoma State at this point. Uh, even though they're both with one loss in the conference, Iowa State losing to Baylor. That's the uh, the issue that uh, that sticks out the most. Obviously, Oklahoma has its own issues going on, and, and it's hard to say what's going to happen with them. But uh, but looking down the stretch, Iowa State's still got uh, still got Texas left, still got Oklahoma left. So um, you know, there's possibility for a couple of more losses on uh, on their slate down the stretch of of their season so that's what Oklahoma State fans have to hope for now is um, you know for Texas to go into Ames and go win a game up there and Oklahoma State obviously has to win out and uh, and go into go into Bedlam at least at least get to Bedlam without another loss which is uh, you know they've got the easier portion of their schedule left but they've, they've got some teams that have some uh, some weapons, some good defenses, and things and things like that. So got some pitfalls there with yeah a trip to Morgantown and right Lubbock. exactly a couple of couple of tricky places to play. You've got TCU. TCU always plays them tough. That always plays Oklahoma State tough and has has won uh, you know a couple of those games here lately as uh, as underdogs against Oklahoma State. So it's uh it's a tough situation to be in they've got to uh they've got to find ways to to bounce back from this and 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 go win some games now uh obviously like i said kansas is a good week to get your mind right and uh and all of those things so uh, so what you're saying is there's a chance i think we need to this isn't all doom and gloom right there's still a chance right the the big 12 title game is still on the table for oklahoma state and you know, with the issues that Oklahoma has on defense and uh, the question marks that are left about their offense, uh, Bedlam's not out of the out of the realm of possibility no. at this point. So, no, that could, that could be a really interesting game. I don't I don't know how OU will fare against this defense. Right, I mean, it could be a, it should be an intriguing matchup that uh that should be a lot of fun so you know and OU has like you i think you mentioned uh they still have iowa state and baylor left on their schedule yeah, yeah so they do it's uh it's not all doom and gloom out there there's there's still some hope this is uh this is one that feels like it's going to come down to the wire yeah just like just like every oklahoma state game this is going to be a, it's going to be a fourth quarter game it's going to be a a fourth quarter season it's going to come down to the wire to see who is uh who is going to go to the Big 12 title game, so um, yeah, I want to throw out some uh, some bowl thoughts at this uh, Ooh, at this point. We haven't okay. really talked about this. Let's um, see. I think uh, I think 
something like the Sugar Bowl is still in play. Yes. For for Oklahoma State, I think something like the Alamo Bowl is definitely Absolutely. in play. Absolutely. Because it goes Sugar than Alamo, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. So, you know, if they get if they get to the Big Twelve title game, they're guaranteed at least the Sugar, I would assume. And if, if OU is undefeated or something. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Now. Uh, if if the conference ends up beating up on itself and uh, there's no playoff and all of that and there's no playoff involved, then uh, then it uh, you know bumps everybody down a rung. But uh, but it's still a a, uh, a situation where Oklahoma State could be in a uh, in a really good bowl if they can continue to win games and uh, continue to play well. So got good bowls out there that are. Uh, that are still in play for these Cowboys. Cotton Bowl's a playoff game this year. Yes, it is. So that so. one's not happening. That's the playoff. I mean, right. It's not happening for the normal bowl scenarios. Right, exactly. Um, all right. Well, I think that brings us to the most important thing I forgot. Fongs. Oh, of course. We got we to gotta, we gotta close the book on fongs. Yes. After we teased it so hard. In the uh, in the um, the midweek podcast, um, uh, scale of one to ten, how do you uh, how do you score your uh, your trip to Fong's? I'm gonna go an eight because I feel like we misordered a couple things, but the food is fantastic. Yes, yes. I, th- I think we got so, too much kung pao chicken once, and not enough orange chicken. Yeah, and not any orange chicken, yeah, any which orange was chicken uh, which was like. Uh, like we discussed, a mistake. Regret. That and was a definite mistake. The Mongolian beef was very disappointing. Yeah, yeah, that was um, not uh, not up to par with the, with the the uh, the rest of the Fong's menu. But how would you rate it? Um, if uh, if if we're if we're including our mistakes for ordering. Uh, ordering uh, not uh, not being up to par I'd, I'd probably give it an eight as well yeah the food a 10 yes our ordering job a six average those out to an eight yeah exactly we we also promised that we would get barry's opinion on fongs on the podcast so we probably we, need to hand a mic did. to barry in the back seat oh yeah we'll uh, we'll finish up with uh, with with that barry we uh we we promised our listeners that we would give uh let you give your uh, your rating of, of fongs pizza so uh, yeah, so we're curious Yes. Oh, I'd probably give it an eight. That's what came to my mind. Fong's Pizza is a pizza joint that serves Chinese pizza. So what is Chinese pizza? Well, you Oklahomans, most of you, many of you, have had taco pizza. It's the same concept, except it's Chinese food on pizza. My favorite is egg roll pizza. You guys seem to like the crab rangoon the best. Absolutely. But what does an egg roll pizza taste like? It tastes exactly like an egg roll. Exactly like an egg roll. The insides of an egg roll are on are the toppings on the pizza, and instead of your marinara sauce, you've got like sweet and sour sauce that you know we typically put uh, dip our egg rolls into. So I don't know who came up with it. I don't know if this is a thing that was born in Des Moines, Iowa, or not. But it's a fantastic idea. We love to go every time we, we can. Very good, Barry. Thank you very much for sharing. 
and uh, I would uh, I would agree the crab crab rangoon was off the charts delicious. Excellent. The kung pao I was a big fan of, yes. even though it uh, melted my face. It was uh, incredibly spicy, but uh, but worth it. Even though it wasn't as popular with the rest of the table, that's uh, that's okay. Yeah, the general sows was really good. It was, it was, it was all, uh, almost all delicious. So uh, the egg roll is uh, is very solid. The egg yes. roll egg roll is also solid. So if you're ever in Des Moines or Ankeny, highly recommend you make a trip to Fong's Pizza. They've got locations at, uh, at both. We've been to both now. Um, more atmosphere. I would say, at the uh, the Des Moines location. Yes, it's just um, small. Yes, it's it's tiny and a little bit cramped and um, not uh, not terrible. If you're with a small group, we were with a big group, and uh, and so we went for the uh, the bigger location, and it worked out really well. They got us seated fast, uh, faster than I expected. The food came out at a at a reasonable time. It was uh, it was it was good all the way around. High quality, uh, yes. high quality dinner on uh, on Friday in Agni. I considered buying a T-shirt, and then I forgot. <laughs> That's too bad. That would have been nice. Yeah. That, that would have been nice to have. I didn't even notice that they had T-shirts for they sale. They did. When we were standing there waiting in the waiting room, I noticed some T-shirts on, on display. Nah, I assume they were good. for sale. I, I meant right. to ask, and I forgot. And then, and then, uh, uh, atypical of a, uh, of a of a regular pizza joint, but uh, fitting for a Chinese pizza joint. Fortune cookies as fortune, you walk out the that's door. That's right. That's right. Fortune cookies. I like good fortune cookie. Love a fortune cookie. And don't All right. That's fortune. I just like cookies. So just give me a fortune cookie. Exactly. All right. Anything else that uh, that I forgot to bring up in the in this uh, this fantastic podcast oh, of ours? Oh, about the game. I don't think so. I think, I we, think covered we covered just everything, about everything pretty well. All right. Well, with that, thank you very much for listening, and we will talk to you on the next Cowboy Chronicles podcast. <laughs>